0: Hello and welcome to Close Calls on the 42.ie in association with AirSport. As always on Friday, we're live from the 42 headquarters in Dublin City Centre to preview the weekend's biggest sporting action. If you're watching live on Facebook, please send in your thoughts and your comments and we'll get to the best of them as we go. Now, 14 months ago, Katie Taylor stood in a half-empty Rio boxing arena and she, her, as her amateur career came to a disappointing end that didn't really Befit the absolutely glorious moments that have come before it. Tomorrow night, there's it's estimated to be over 70,000 people in Cardiff's Principality Stadium when she steps out and tries to win the world title against Argentina's Esther Anahi Sanchez. Joining me to discuss this as a man who knows no stranger to world title fights and to winning world titles Andy Lee. Andy thanks very much for joining us on Close Calls.
1: Thanks Niall, good to be here.
0: Thanks very much. And in Cardiff where he's just stepped out of the way in for tomorrow night's fight headlined by Anthony Joshua against Carlos Takem is the 42's very own Gavin Casey. Gav, any world title fights of your own in the past?
2: Say that again? No? Any world title fights of your own in the past? Uh you know, the less said about some of my fights, the better, I think, really. Um, there's probably some dodgy footage of, of Cork streets going around, but, uh, yeah, no, we'll, we'll say nothing.
0: You might just bring us up to speed, Gav. We're just you're just out of the way, and uh, where Katie's opponent Esther Anahi Sanchez has just missed weight by one pound. Can you just bring us up to speed on the latest? The latest from what's going on there?
2: Yeah, I mean, she missed weight and, and didn't seem particularly bothered. It was the scales are kind of weird. Like it, you know, when the fighters were stepping on initially, it sort of took a while for the for the number to tally up to the eventual. Um, to the eventual weight and like when she stepped on straight away it was 136 pounds so we were kind of myself and Kieran got and we were looking at each other thinking this isn't good um Katie was was really all right with it like she said basically that she wasn't bothered that you know she's going to fight anyway and she's more concerned about her own performance and um she kind of it was a little like barbed remark or the way she said it was, was sort of pointed which was like that's her problem, you know, um, she has to lose the weight, not me. So maybe she was a little bit annoyed, but it certainly wasn't, uh, wasn't showing. And uh, the fight is going to go ahead as planned. I mean, look, uh, Sanchez has two hours to come back and, and uh, lose that pound. Andy will have a better idea than myself or yourself, Niall, about uh, <laughs> shedding a pound inside two errors. But... Uh, as, as far as we know the fight is going on like, there was no real talk in, in the arena of cancellations or postponements or anything like that the title will be on the line for Katie and as for Sanchez's situation uh, I suppose that will be up to the WBA
0: A little bit disappointed Andy as Gav said you might be in a position to let us know how easy how difficult will it be for Sanchez to lose that pound in the next two hours and come back and make weight
1: um, It depends how much she's done it up to this point to get to within a pound mm-hmm. I think she weighed 136.1 mm-hmm. Um, 135 being the limit. But it was it was strange because she jumped on the scales and she immediately had her hands raised. Um, you know when you're tight on weight and you're making weight, if there is a problem, you don't make any sudden movements when you're on the scale. You want it to be as settled as possible. You can almost step on as lightly as possible, and just for the scale not to be any fluctuation up and down. And like I said, it depends how much she's done up to this point. If she's really dehydrated for the last 48 hours and trained and sweated, you know, to get down to 136. It could be difficult to lose that last pound, but the way she jumped on the scales, raised her hands, it looked like she expected to make the weight, you know. um, Maybe it's just a matter of going away, getting in the sauna or getting in a hot bath, lying under the sheets for maybe 15 to 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Possibly 30 minutes skipping, you'd wear a sauna suit. And that way she should fly off. Um, As Gavin said, there's no... No fear of the fight not happening, and for Katie, it can only be positive. Um, it's only one pound. It's not like there's a huge advantage to her not making weight and Sanchez. So it's like for Katie now has gone gone away. She's rehydrating. She's eating. Her opponent's trying to lose weight somewhere. So for Katie, it can only be positive. You've obviously
0: been in this situation yourself not too long ago with Kid Chocolate uh, when he failed to make weight on the day before your fight. Does it? Is it too much to read into it, and uh, does it speak to preparation for Sanchez or lack of preparation, or how? What's the impact like on a fighter? How will Katie respond, or how will she react? How did you respond and react when Kid Chocolate didn't make weight that time?
1: Well, for me, I thought there are other reasons why he didn't make the weight. I thought he was trying and intentionally not to make the weight because one to have an advantage of size, and two, um, his management didn't want the WBAO title to be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there were other reasons. But for, for Sanchez, I don't know if it's a lack, it could be something as simple as not having the right scales. Mm-hmm. You know, she probably landed in, in Cardiff maybe a week ago or five or six days ago and uh, bought a scales from a pharmacy or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the difference of a pound in a, in a regular bathroom scales is not a whole lot. You know, yeah. they fluctuate so much. Um, it could be something as simple as that. And just reading, getting the wrong, not cal- calibrating her scales, but the official scales. And um, she, I don't, I, I think she should lose a pound. I, I don't think, th- I think she will. I don't know, up in the air But I, I think she should be able to come back and lose a pound if she wants to defend her title. Mm-hmm. And I know champions will, will always want to defend their title. And she'll work, she'll work hard. She'll do that extra bit of work to get that pound off. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll have the latest for that as soon as as soon as we get any further update from Sanchez's way in Gav, journalists, boxing analysts, all those kind of people—they're all, all familiar enough with Sanchez. They've done their homework, done their research. They know what they'll bring. But to the layman who's maybe unfamiliar, can you give us a guide, a dummy's guide to, to Katie's opponent tomorrow night? Like, who is she? What can we expect?
2: Yeah, she's she's t- like she's rugged. I think. I mean, you know, I don't want to do uh, a sort of a Jim Ward and Base all of my uh, base all of my analysis on her nationality, but we we have seen Argentinian fighters up her deal. I'll put it that way, and uh, they do breed them tough down there, I suppose. Um, and I, I don't know. She's she, it's probably a bit much to describe her as all action, but I think she just says is, is sort of a solid fighter. Like she'll come forward. I think she'll apply pressure. Like the way that, as Andy said, it's not a major difference a pound, but you know, if if she doesn't uh, shed that extra pound, maybe. she'll that might be part of a game plan to just, you know, impose her will physically. Um, but I, I haven't really seen anything that she does that, would, that should worry Katie, really. You know, I, I, if you're talking about, like, if you're comparing them as boxers, Katie Taylor is a far superior boxer in, I would say, almost every aspect of the sport. Um, and I, I just can't really see. I know she's won two world titles, but I, I just can't see a way that she can upset, upset Katie tomorrow night. I, I don't know what Andy thinks of uh, the fight.
1: I'd agree with Gavin in terms of Katie being far superior. I would say she's probably the biggest punching uh, opponent Katie's fort. You know, mm-hmm. she seems to carry a bit of power. She has a heavy right hand. And she will punch, especially when her back's to the ropes. She doesn't look to defend at all, mm-hmm. which probably could be a downfall because Katie, when Katie gets upon the ropes, she throws flurries of punches. But it also could be her upside because if her back's to the rope, Katie's throwing punches... She there's a tendency for Katie to get hit while she's punching. Mm-hmm. That's like it's the most dangerous time to to get hit because you're not you're not totally braced for to take a punch, you're not your mind's not um, you're not even considering to get taking a punch. So Katie'll have to be careful when she's unloading on the ropes because she has a tendency to throw her hands and ha- throw away has a disregard for defense mm-hmm. when she is punching. Move her he- She's gonna have to move her head when she punches. Because Sanchez will punch when her back's the ropes. So you kind of there's kind of an ignorance about her that she doesn't know when to defend or when to, you know, block or move. She just punches. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be a downfall if Katie's smart. and used the, right, I'm sure Katie's studied her, will know what to do when she does get her in those positions. Um, so I think that's the only the only time she really has a chance of landing on Katie is when Katie's punching. Because in terms of that distance, or up close, Katie's far superior. There's also the chance that she might try, intent to, this Katie's... What a seven fight, mm-hmm. take it to the later rounds you know to go to get to get to round eight and nine and ten and mm-hmm. see what she's made of at those because katie ha just work has a high work rate and has shown little signs of fatigue in previous fights when she gets past a certain amount of rounds mm-hmm. she's not even you know she's eleven months as a pro she hasn't got the like have said Sanchez has said she's inexperienced she's in for a hard night she doesn't realize it mm-hmm. um she hasn't, Katie hasn't had time to build up that experience and the stamina to go those 10 rounds, she hasn't, no, she's still not very much fighting as in her amateur style and her amateur way of boxing. So that that's the only way I can see for Sanchez, but it's, it's, it's a really long shot for Sanchez, you know, that's the only way, but it's, 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 it's very small, you know, I can't, Katie is f- heavily favored to win this fight.
0: We were just discussing before we came on air the last fight that Sanchez lost against Hamadouche, the, the French woman and Sanchez leaving herself wide open and shipping an awful lot of damage. I'm kind of interested to see how she's the champion and normally under a lot of, in a lot of these conditions you expect the champion to come and try to impose their will on the fight and to try and shape the fight and to, for her to maybe try and make Katie fight her fight as opposed to fighting Katie's fight but that's not really possible when you're such a distant outsider, is it?
1: I don't know if, like, I don't even know, to fight her, fight, I don't even think Sanchez has a type of fight. She just seems to go in there and find her way. If her opponent wants to be aggressive, she'll go on the back foot and try to punch. And if her opponent's negative, she'll go on the front foot. You know, she seems to just let her, she lets her opponents dictate the fight. And... She's like as the champion, she will want to prove something. You know, obviously she will want to prove something. She wants to show her class here. But I just think she's so outmatched in terms of skill and and ability with Katie that it's like she's almost hoping for a one punch, you know, one lucky punch, mm-hmm. or for Katie to drop a guard off, for Katie to take her lightly. But by all me, by all accounts and by what seems Katie's demeanor and appearance, that she's taking this fight a hundred percent serious and is ready to put on a special show tomorrow night.
0: It's been. I mentioned at the top of the show, like it's only been 14 months since Katie finished up in the amateur career with a kind of shock, disappointing defeat against Mira Potkinen in Rio. It's kind of incredible in one respect, not that we ever doubted Katie's ability and her talent and her class, but it's kind of funny in one respect to see just how far, how quickly she's made her way through these pro ranks. It's been an incredible journey from her for, for her. I just wonder, you know, Katie quite well. How how difficult would it have been for her to when she was leaving the amateur game behind and to leave on that kind of low, to take that step into the pro game and to build towards what she has built now?
1: Well, I you know, when researching um, Sanchez and looking at Katie's previous fights in order to come in here, mm-hmm. what pops up, one of the first things that pops up in YouTube is Katie's interview after the fight losing in the Olympics. And mm-hmm. to see how far she's come in such a short space of time and how... It's almost like a different person. When I looked, looked at the clip, I didn't even just look at the screenshot on YouTube of Katie Taylor loses, devastated, you know. Mm-hmm. I actually met Katie a week after the Olympics. She was back in the gym the National Stadium. She was training okay. a week after coming home from the Olympics. And she just seemed despondent, you know, disappointed, and really didn't have an idea of where she was going to go next. But you got to give huge credit to Matchroom and Eddie Hearn and the fact that he's put Katie on this... Platform he's given her the platform he's put her on this level where she's mostly fighting on Anthony Joshua undercards mm-hmm. pay per view in front of huge crowds and it's it's what she deserves her talent is like her ta- talent merits this kind of platform and um, I think it's it's now it's as much as down to Katie and her skills and her talents and what she's done in the ring it's also down to Eddie Hearn and the platform he's given her and the push he's given her to get together her world title in such a short short, short space of time.
0: Mm. Gav, I know we can quite easily dismiss the Minkas and the Clarksons of this world as a level below Katie and, you know, really just kind of fights to her as she makes her progression up the ladder. But what have you made of her transition to the pro game? How impressed have you been?
2: I've been really impressed. I mean, as Andy said, I think she still at times boxes in a kind of an amateur style or at least how she boxes an amateur, particularly in her early amateur career. But I think the most impressive part of, of the transition has been sort of how seamlessly she's become like a mainstay now at Matchroom and on Sky Sports. He's um, becoming a household name. Like, for example, when she weighed in there around the corner from us here um, an hour and a half ago or whenever it was, like the reception she got was huge. I think maybe the third biggest of the night behind only Joshua and uh, Joe Cordina, who is um, from these parts, you know. So, like, I think, and now there were a few Irish people in in the uh, in the audience as well, but not all Irish people. And, um, and and she got a great reception. And I think that's kind of been the most amazing thing. I, I think back to like when she I think it was her pro debut, and people like James De who you know is a is a a, a very uh, competent fighter in his own right, was kind of talking about women's boxing and how oh I usually don't really watch it, I don't really agree with it, and all this nonsense. And that kind of talk, like. Yeah. Seem to have dissipated like very quickly, and all of a sudden now it's it's Katie Taylor and the lads there on these big cards, as Andy was saying, and um, I think that's been the most uh, impressive aspect of I think, her transition. I
1: think, well, I know myself. People when they see what she can, what she's capable of in the ring, there's immediate respect there, mm-hmm. and she's no longer seen as just a female boxer. She's a boxer, you know, male or female. Her skills, if they are they're top level, they're world class, and people respect that. You know, I remember. Mm-hmm. If, when she was she was 15 in the gym in Drimna we were training in an island squad and this girl came in and lads you know especially back then being young teenage boys you as soon as she started sparring and shadow boxing, people were blown away, and immediately she was she was respected and, and treated as everyone's equal. But just because her skill and how she carries herself in and out of the out of the ring,
0: there was always that bit of a question mark. Andy, you have worked with Pete for so long through such a successful period of her career. How Katie would adjust to to life under a new trainer? And it appears that in Ross, in uh, a she's found someone who really understands her and who can bring the best out of her.
1: Yeah. It's he he seems to be doing a great job. Um, I don't. I wouldn't know of him. You know, before this, um, before Katie Taylor, he wouldn't have been a, a coach of you know much distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, she seems to have found him herself. I think she read one of his books on conditioning. Mm-hmm. She's gone over and trained with him, and they seem to have a great relationship. You know, a great partnership in the gym, and you can see the change in her body start. You know, she, when you see Katie, she just glows. She's so healthy physically. She seems in great shape all the time. And I think that's sad his training Now she will have to make some adapt like i've said the, t- the period of time she's had as a pro is so short that she hasn't had time to change her style much you know or mm-hmm. to adapt or get the rounds in she's not she's not a tip- she's not a, she's not your average boxer mm-hmm. you know after eleven months of being professional, you're really just moving up to eight rounders, and you know mm-hmm. she's into a world title fight in a, in her seven fight so she will have, she will, her style will change uh, the longer she goes on. She will progress and I think with her coach, she's got a great coach there. She, if she believes him, she can go away. She's mm-hmm. in Connecticut. She's detached from her, from everybody and distractions from her family and different things. It's all, like, it's only positive, you know, everything, everything seems to be going well for her. And, you know, we're all behind her. We're wishing her the best of luck and, and look forward to what she can can accomplish. She's accomplished so much already, but seems to be, bringing female boxing to a new level as uh, she has done in the amateurs and now seems to be going on to do with the professional boxing
0: we've just lost the line to gavin there temporarily we'll try and get him back but um just asking you not to try and ask you to look into your crystal ball or anything but the next 12 months for katie not to look past tomorrow night either The next 12 months for katie for women's boxing in general what do you think the future holds we've spoken about how she raised the level of the amateur game she brought everybody around her all of her rivals to a new level mm. Can she do the same for, for women's boxing? Is she doing the same for women's boxing?
1: Unfortunately well, for Katie, the, there doesn't seem to be the level of competition now. Mm-hmm. When Katie Taylor first came on the scene, other countries realised, the other programmes, Russia and America and Cuba, they realised that they had to up their game because there was a star in the 60 kilo division and she was setting the standard. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, maybe it'll happen now in the professional game that people will try, you know, to raise the standard. But it's very hard in the professional game because you're almost almost established. If you know, you're almost you're doing it on your own. There's not a program. There's not a national program or a team who can develop you from a young kid from 12 years old to to senior level. Um, so it's it's much more difficult in the pros. There are certain fights out there which you spoke about. Have a Hardy. Mm-hmm the MMA fighter who was a great boxer you know Mm -hmm. her background is in boxing Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be like a McGregor Mayweather crossover fight this would be an actual real boxing fight because Heather um, (laughs) Holly Holmes is a boxer herself Mm -hmm. there's also Heather Hardy I just stumbled upon the name (laughs) Heather Hardy who's a lighter weight division but a big profile in New York a very tough competitor um, and that would be a natural fight in New York for Katie and then there's Natasha Jonas her Olympic rival yeah. who's recently turned pro she's had two or three fights mm-hmm. has appeared on Sky Sports and if they can build Jonas's profile to some way like Katie's then they will have a natural rivalry and that's in any sport to show how great you are, you need somebody to bring it out of you and show, you know, to put you to a test. And that's just, unfortunately for Katie, that's what is lacking at the moment. But who's to say in a year or two's time that these are, the other female boxers, their profiles won't raise and their skill levels will raise. And they can match Katie or meet Katie, in you know, coming about
0: thanks very much to everybody who's sent in comments so far on Facebook Paul Hogan has a question for you Andy he just wants to know on your own career how did you find the transition from amateur to pro
1: like I said it, it takes time I was with Emmanuel Stewart and there was probably nobody better mm-hmm. to teach you you know um, he never really said about changing my style it just started adding small things that eventually as you progress you learn, You know you pick them up and they become they become your tools And before you realize it, after six, seven, eight fights, you've come boxing a different style. I remember I always used to say earlier, oh, Emmanuel hasn't changed my style at all. It hasn't changed my style. And then I went back and looked at one of my fights from an amateurs, and it was a completely different fighter, you know? (laughs) So it will take time for like I said, it takes time, and you, want, you gain it in the gym with your training, and then you gain it in the ring with your fights. Unfortunately for Katie, she hasn't had that time because she's, her skill level is so high. She's had, to, you know, she's learning as she goes in huge fights, but you know, maybe by this time next year, you will see a different style of. Maybe she will tell you now. She looks back on her amateur fight and her amateur style that she's completely mm-hmm. different, and she probably is, you know, but it just takes time to develop
0: question from Anthony Dynan as well, which leads me on nicely to what I was going to ask you, which was for a prediction tomorrow. And I I know you probably think as we all do that Katie has more than enough to get the job done, but Anthony asks, do you think that the fight will go the distance or does she have the power to, to stop Sanchez inside?
1: I think she'll stop Sanchez. I think she'll overwhelm. I think I think it'll be six or eight rounds. Um, I could see the referee stepping in, but just because the volume of punches Katie throws, the quality of punches Katie throws, and the lack of defense on Sanchez or oh, regard for for danger, mm-hmm. just from what I've seen so far, I think uh, I think Katie will will get the stoppage victory.
0: Gav, you're back with us. I'll put the same question to you. Do you think that Katie has the the power and the technique to stop Sanchez within the distance, or will is this fight going to go all the way tomorrow night?
2: Yeah, sorry about that. My phone pulled an absolute yeah, I think that she has, she certainly has the power to put Sanchez away. Like, it wouldn't shock me if, if it goes to distance. I mean, it's her first world title fight, and, you know, if there are hairy moments, she might be, um, she might be as wise to just get the job done. But I actually agree with Andy, and Andy made the point as well earlier about, like, how um, sort of referencing uh, Katie's defense. And, like, I think the key to beating Katie Taylor is. What, sort of what Mira Popkinin did in the Olympics which is to almost trade with her I think it's the only way and I think Sanch is going to try and do that and Katie's speed and, and even power to an extent um, should overwhelm her I think and uh, like Andy I, I could see a re- the referee intervening at some stage i right?
0: just quickly get your take on tomorrow night's main event Gav I know you were really excited to maybe see Kubrat Pulev and what he could bring to the table obviously that's not happening anymore but how do you think uh, Carlos Takam is going to fare against Anthony Joshua
2: um, not very well, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, it, he was, in fairness to Takam, he was in really good shape, you know, like because there was um, there was talk, and I think it was Johnny Nelson from, from Sky Sports was trying to interview him over the course of a couple of days, and every day, you know, there was kind of a new excuse, like, oh no, he's at the dentist today or whatever, and it was like, is the guy not training? What's going on? But he was obviously preparing for uh, a fight um, at the start of November anyway, so like it's not as if even though he's taking it at whatever twelve days' notice or. Uh, Whatever it was, it's not as if he was uh, coming in grotesquely out and shake or whatever. He was still in the gym, so I, I, no, I don't. I don't think it's going to go well for him. I mean, like I, he, I could see him giving a good account of himself. You know, he is a very uh, tough, rugged kind of a guy, um, but ultimately Joshua has far too much, I, I'd say, in every aspect, and um, I can see Joshua really grinding him down to a stoppage. Like I, I'm not sure Joshua's going to absolutely flatten him the same way he has for the 19 other uh, lads that he stopped. But I just can not see him, his power being too much. Maybe sort of a similar stoppage to Andy and I predicting with with Katie's fight in that, like, the ref might just see, you know.
0: When the the great Anthony Joshua story is written many years from now, I doubt tomorrow night is going to feature too prominently, Andy. But all things said, as you said before we came on air, it could still be a very entertaining evening and one that people who are there among the 70,000, you know, are quite fortunate to be witnessing a boxer at the height of his powers.
1: Yeah, with... With Andy Joshua, almost, it's not, it doesn't really matter about the opponent. You know, mm-hmm. it seems, unless it's a huge fight, which will be Deontay Wilder, maybe Tyson Fury if he's mm-hmm. to make a comeback. But other than that, there are no really huge names out there from the fight, so it's more about what he can do, and he seems to have captured... He's obviously captured the imagination. He's probably the biggest name in boxing, especially in England anyway. He's the face of boxing. Um, and that's for a prediction. I, I'd agree. I could see Joshua just blasting him out, though, with one or two, because... He's just such a big man. He's just in a unit. And anybody with that size who can punch with any proficiency will carry power. You know, he's just... I could see him just landing one punch on... T- Carlos Takam quite short, comes in with a crowd. I could see him landing a punch high on the temple or on the top of the head and just discombobulating Takam. and. But it's, you know, it's, I was just interested in Gav, I don't know, the stare down and that with him and Joshua, there doesn't seem to be any tension there. They're like two guys, just like two men just looking at each other. There's no, like, there's nothing in the fight. There doesn't seem to be any chemistry. You know, I know it's, it's 12 days' notice, and it really is like, just come on in, you're going to get take your beating, and take Thank your you payday, <laughs> and go on, isn't it? That's, that's
2: yeah, well, like, ta- ta- yeah, I got the same impression, but, like, Takam can't believe this thought. Mm. You know, I mean, it, like, he's just been landed into this mega event that the principality, as you mentioned, in front of 70,000 people, I mean, it, he's going to get the head beaten off, i sure, but it, it will be a, a, a night he'll remember for a long time, and it'll be a night that'll set him up for for, uh, for the rest of his life, arguably, you know what I mean? So I can I can kind of understand how he wouldn't be uh, particularly fussed by it, uh, although I wouldn't
1: personally like to be clocked by Anthony Joshua. I may, maybe I would do it for a couple
2: how of How much days. money would it take it for you to take the punch from Joshua? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mm. I'd say I'd do it for five grand. I'd say. Ah,
1: you really you sell sell yourself multiply that sell that a few times yeah. for me to go anywhere Got near. A of zeros at the end.
2: It's yeah. <laughs> uh, probably there's like I mean like when you think of it as well, it would clearly kill me. Like I mean, I should really be trying to set up my, my, my future family. So like five grand really w- wouldn't wouldn't be enough. I'd never get to enjoy it anyway. Uh, we've gone off off track slightly, um, but what were we talking about oh yeah, yeah, yeah the tension thing Andy you're right and it was interesting like the handshake thing that Takam was trying to do I thought it was kind of and Joshua actually said it afterwards it was like he was trying to assert himself in some way like you know trying to win the handshake if, if that makes sense and um, that was about the extent of it I, I don't think there was any any real needle there at all but two guys that are that are fairly happy I think Joshua was extremely confident as you'd expect and Takan knows he's getting a lot of money That that's sort of fallen on he's got an, an, old his, it's an old
1: situation for yeah, Takan absolutely. if he goes in and puts in a good account fair enough if he goes out and gets knocked out beat up fair enough because it's short notice and he's a, he's a contender you know he's not a champion and hasn't been a champion so far
0: just before we wrap up I know Andy you're probably sick of answering the same question seven, eight, nine times a day <laughs> but everybody, everybody that's watching will want to know when what are the plans for your own future? You're I know you're training a little bit away on the side. When do you think that you might be hoping to get back in the ring
1: again? Uh, yeah, well, so much. I'm just going to autopilot <laughs> now. <laughs> no, uh, I'm just taken away. Um, I've had a few calls recently for different fights, and ones that I would consider taking. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a chance I could fight again. Um, maybe April next year but I'd have a warm up before then mm-hmm. so um, there's been a few calls that there's always calls but there's been a few calls recently that a serious that I really consider taking big fights and uh, just a matter of when and if it's the right fight so um, we'll see we'll see get Christmas out of the way try and get back into some peak shape over that period and then look to fight next year
0: the fans aren't going to have to wait too much
1: longer Hopefully not. Yeah.
0: Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Gav, listen, thanks very much. Enjoy the rest of the day in Cardiff and enjoy all the action tomorrow night. Cheers
1: boys. All the best. Enjoy the
0: And Andy, thank you very much for joining us here. That's being close calls in association with AirSport on the 42.ie. Enjoy Katie Taylor against Esther Anahi Sanchez tomorrow night. Hopefully a new Irish world champion and enjoy Anthony Joshua against Carlos Tacam from all of us here at the 42. Thanks very much and goodbye.